Welcome to Secret Dads. I'm John Ratner. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, sharing, and sending me messages. I really appreciate the support. And for those who've asked, we do have more here coming soon. Make sure not to miss last week's episode with Dave Blackman. It was another great conversation. This week, we're heading across the country to Vancouver to talk to Dinesh, a.k.a. Dino. You can find him at dchatlani, D-C-H-A-T-L-A-N-I on Instagram. He's a relatively new parent, a pretty serious sneaker collector, ball player, and much more I'm sure we'll hear about. So let's get into it. Dinesh, welcome. How's it going, John? Good. Thanks, Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for finding the time. I know we have some time differences, and you have a you have a young child, which I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about. So uh, always always fun squeezing in uh, Zoom calls, whether for work or for pleasure, right? For sure. <laughs> cool. Well, um, want to get right into it. I know you're in Vancouver, and we chat a little bit on Instagram, but we've uh, we've never met, and we're not uh, we don't know each other that well. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your history into sneakers, going back in the day, and where you are now, but maybe take us back first. That's usually how, uh, how I like to do it. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of always been into shoes, um, ever since I was little, um, it's been mainly basketball shoes. Um, I started getting into Jordans around 2012, 2013. Uh, I had a friend who actually worked at a full locker and he would hook me up on 50 days. So that's kind of how the Jordan thing and like sneaker collecting actually started for me. Um, going five years down the road or actually like four, three to four years down the road. Um, I was actually cooking. Um, and then I ended up walking into a full locker one day and they needed a, an assistant manager. So I actually applied. So I ended up working at full locker for like five years. Um, yeah, pretty much my sneaker collection blew up from there. <laughs> so you didn't use the, your connection at foot locker to get a job at foot locker, but you used it to get your first kind of, way yeah so he he was actually long gone uh before i started uh i was working in a kitchen for like three or four years I actually went to culinary school so it kind of just happened like i was in foot locker one day and i was kind of getting sick of working in a kitchen uh walked in asked the manager I'm like hey are you guys hiring and he said yeah i'm actually looking for an assistant manager so i dropped off my resume the next day and i ended up working at, uh, at the house of hoops you know, I know a lot of people and a lot of them come on to have come on the podcast who've worked at, 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 you know, various stores and Foot Locker and things like that. And I always wonder, and I, I know it may be kind of like an outsider's type of question, but I mean, you love sneakers at this point you're, or you're getting serious about it, but is it about getting the hookup at all? Like the, the discount, is that in your head or you I, just want to work at I Foot mean, Locker? I mean, I kind of wanted something different. I was also in the shoes, so I was like let's see what I can do. Like, obviously I'm passionate about sneakers. Like I'll, it was like a hobby that I, I kind of started doing like a couple years before. So, and it was also a chance to get to wear all the shoes that I have. Cause I mean, go working in the kitchen, like I'm wearing my shoes to and from work and that's it. Right. So that too was kind of part of it. So it's everything it's, it's, you know, yeah. being around like-minded people, getting to wear your shoes. Yeah. You know, getting to wear, it's funny getting to wear sneakers at a, at a, it's so it's so not talked about about you know but for sneakerheads like us it's like i wouldn't want to think you choose your career that way but it's certainly it's certainly nice when you can you can put on put on sneakers when you go go to your go to your job right for sure 
So um, that was that was well into your sort of collecting days, and 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 you worked there for you worked there for a while. Yeah, I worked there for five years. I started in 2015, and I left at the very end of 2019, like just before the new year. And then I ended up going to uh, Nike, which is actually franchise owned out here. It's called New Age Sports. So I was there for about two years, and then now I'm just doing my electrical thing full time. Right on. So I mean. I could only imagine how the, you know, from from your first day at Foot Locker to to leaving Nike, how the collection, is it fair to say, is kind of just ballooned? It definitely blew up. Um, I actually had to sell a big chunk of my collection a couple times. Um, the first time was when I actually had a house fire, and this was when I was still working in a kitchen. Um, I got a call while I was at work. Hey, house is on fire, but we put it out. And like me right away, I'm like, oh God, everything's going to burn down. And I remember my dad calling me and he's like, hey, uh, the restoration company's here. Um, they're going to take all your shoes. They're going to throw out all the boxes and they're going to wipe down your shoes with some chemicals. I'm like, no, I'm coming home right now. I'm leaving work. I'm taking all my shoes. I'm putting them in storage. Uh, and then so six months down the road, we end up going back to our house once everything's like renovated and we moved uh, about a month after we moved back into our house. Um, and then when I moved to a new place, I was kind of like, Hey, kind of got thinking, I'm like, I don't want this to happen again. Let me get rid of a big chunk of it because I don't want that stress of it ever happening again. But obviously like anyone who's into sneakers, it's good to blow back up again. Wait, so, so, so what happened to the sneakers in the fire? Were they damaged or were they come out? No, actually nothing got damaged. Um, my, it, it sounds crazy. Uh, my mom was actually frying chicken and my dad put it up, put out a grease fire with water, like something you shouldn't do ever. <laughs> so kind of got lucky. I don't know how it happened, but nothing got damaged. Thank God. Same thing happened to me when I was a kid and I was actually talking to my son about it the other day. It was the same. It was cooking oil, chicken, someone throws the water crazy. on. And uh, my son was telling me a story because we were talking about, he said, Hey, did you ever, have you ever called 911 in your life? And I said, I'm thinking of that time. Did I, was I the one who called 911? He loves the story because I was playing on our swing set and I saw the fire. I was the first one I came into the, the TV room uh, when my parents were watching and we were outside. And I said, I said, mom, dad, why is there a fire in the kitchen? So he just loves that story that I asked, why, why is there a fire in the kitchen? So it's, it's great. I mean, obviously not great that, that there was a fire, but that, your, your collection came alive so it was those sneakers that was in the fire that you were kind of like these ones I kind of got to cut back because yeah I mean I only had about 100 pairs this was maybe like a year year and a half into me sneaker collecting and like I didn't have a lot of space I only really had my bedroom so it was kind of whatever's in my bedroom um, once I got to the new place obviously I had more space because I had the old basement suite so that's kind of what's behind me right now and it kind of blew up but I've definitely sold a, another couple chunks like since then, obviously like leaving Foot Locker, I had to downsize a little bit because, and then just before the baby came, I downsized again a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to ask you about that later, but maybe now is the good time. You know, was that a space thing? Was that a psychological thing? You know, like I need to just kind of pull back a little bit. Was it, you know, um, raise some money, you know, thinking that you space and also cash. kind of, um, I think it was a little bit of both. It was like space and also being financially stable to have a child. Um, I was actually, me and my girlfriend were renting on one bedroom only. So obviously needed another bedroom for a baby. So we actually gave up this side. We we're supposed to have students on this side, but obviously the pandemic kind of ruined that. So I just kind of have it as my sneaker storage right now. So 
I'm guessing from what I see on your feed and the fact that you worked at Nike, uh, are you primarily a Nike Nike guy? Yeah, I've always kind of I've always leaned towards Nike ever since I was younger. I've always like ever since I like the first like memory I have of like being in a sneakers was like I think it was like '99 or 2000. Like I remember seeing the Vince Carter shocks, the ones with the shocks from the front to the back. I think they were the VC2s. And I remember asking my aunt, because my aunt had just moved to LA, and I was like, when you come back, I need those. And I remember she looked everywhere to try and get them. And when she came back, I, she was like, oh, I'll have a pair of shoes for you. And I was super stoked. And they just ended up being some regular runners. And I was like, you got my hopes up. <laughs> for sure. So, you know, you mentioned that it was when you were getting hooked up from your friend back in the day, it was Jordan's. Mm -hmm. Was it Nike basketball when you were working at Foot Locker? Was that the kind of evolution, or was there was there more? Was it um, I, I was buying a lot of Kobe's. Um, obviously, I'm a big Kobe guy, huge Lakers fan. Um, retro Jordans when they were, I mean, 2012 and 2013 was a great time for sneakers because everything that was coming out was OG colorways. So, like, red ones, royal ones. Like, I camped, like, that was the first time I camped out as well, right, when I got into sneakers like that. So, I mean, that was kind of a crazy time, but it was definitely, like, a lot of OG Jordans. Right, you mentioned that you're a big Kobe collector. Is that kind of like the biggest chunk of your collection now, Kobe's? Uh, no, actually, I still have way more Jordans than anything else. Um, that's kind of been like what I've been buying the most of. Uh, I couldn't really afford Kobe's when I was like hooping like crazy back in high school. So I've only started like buying a lot more Kobe's now that I can afford it. Um, I didn't really like the later models of the Kobe's after the Kobe nine. So I didn't care for it, but obviously after he passed away, I'm like, okay, like I should, I kind of want to go back and buy some of the pairs I can never afford. Yeah. So even with the rising prices, it's kind of like for a Laker head, like a Kobe lover, right? I mean, my mentality was I picked up a couple Kobe's as well. I had, I had some before I had some after I, I picked up some since it was kind of like, you know, there's just like anything else. I mean, there's going to be resale. There's going to be yeah. hype. There's going to be whatever you want to call it. If you want it, you pay the price, you hunt around. Right. I mean, it's not that different. You can get caught up in the, uh, in the good and bad and the evil of reselling a sneaker of someone who passed away, but it's still a sneaker. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sucks to see because like, if you look like when he was alive, obviously, and in his prime, like, Kobe's never sold out. Like you could walk into a store a month or two later and they're 30 to 40% off sitting on the shelves. Like when I was at Full Locker, I used to buy them on 50 day because like no one would care for Kobe's and like we'd have size runs and like multiple, multiple pairs of my size. So I could just stash them until 50 day. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, definitely, it definitely sucks to see now that like you can't even get your hand on a pair of Kobe's because like, like all of a sudden, like to me, everyone's a Kobe fan now. Like, guys who never collected Kobe's in their life, like, all of a sudden just want to get a pair of Kobe's. And, like, I know you're not wearing them, guys. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a couple of Facebook, Kobe Facebook groups, and luckily those guys are, I'm sure you're in them as well, luckily those guys have um, a different perspective, and they want to hook people up. And, you know, I've sold a couple of Kobe's that I just, you know, I know someone who likes to hoop in nine highs, I had way too many of them. I was afraid they weren't gonna last, you know, cause we're not hooping. I mean, they're gonna last a couple, you know, 
a long time, but I had a, a, a large amount of nine highs and I, you know, he wanted a pair. So I was happy to sell them to him for not, not a crazy amount, but you know, it's nice to see that there's, you know, true fans of the lines and uh, the Kobe lines of shoes that will, will help each other out. And I think that's the same with everything, you know, you, you can have a community and then, you know, sometimes, sometimes you pay the real, real pay real resell when you, when you want something and you got to suck it up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how I feel right now because I missed out on the Grinch Sixes that came out a couple months ago. I'm like, I really want one. I don't want to pay resell, but I also have the old pair. So I'm like, hey, like, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it if I can't get them. At least like, I have the old ones. Absolutely. So I will talk more about um, specific sneakers in a bit, but um, we talked about, you know, basketball shoes a little bit and, and uh, you know, obviously the the – the lack of being able to hoop. I mean, I, I, I imagine Vancouver's like, like it is here. There's not really any ball going on right now. Right. Um, we actually have a couple of rec centers that opened up in the summertime and we were actually playing like three on three basketball for, for like pretty much all the summertime. And then as soon as it hit like mid October, November, it kind of, they kind of climbed back down again. So since then it's just been like solo shoot around and you get like 45 minute sessions at the gym. Um, I know a couple of people that have like private spots that allow like their friends to come in and hoop. So that's kind of cool. Excuse me. But I mean, aside from that, no, it's just been shoot around for the last couple months, which kind of sucks. Like I'm itching to play, uh, men's league's obviously gone. Like we haven't played a men's league game in a year and like we're in the midst of a playoff series. So it sucks. Yeah. I didn't know that they had, I mean, they probably have the same thing here in the summer, but you know, I was doing other things outside with the kids and stuff. And my, my son does play um, essentially like a practice. They won't let them play games, but it's kind of just on the outskirts of Toronto because they have different rules in the suburbs and different zones and all that stuff. But, but uh, no men's leagues or anything. And we ran to the gym uh, twice a week and that permits on, on hold indefinitely. So it's basically just playing out front, but it's nice to been, been a little bit of uh, good weather recently and I'm, I'm looking forward to spring. So, but, but you're, it sounds like you, you do get out on the court as much as you can. Like you, you played in the men's league. You're, 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 you're quite into it. Uh, yeah. I played in the men's league pretty much like all year round. Sometimes I play like in two different leagues, like during the same season. So it's like, it's a league called round ball. So they got like four different venues. So it's kind of cool. And then they do spring, summer, and fall season. So definitely keeps guys like in shape and competitive as well. So you mentioned back in the day you couldn't really hoop in in, in Kobe's. They were too expensive. Uh, what do you wear on court these days? What are some of your go-tos? Um, right now, actually, I'm wearing KD-12s. Uh, my rotation for basketball is like Kobe 8s, KD-12s. Uh, I actually just recently got a pair of Dame Lillers, and I love them. So going going out of the out of the brand was that uh, was that was that harder? You just wanted to try something new. Um, I heard good things about it. I actually have a buddy that buys pretty much every new basketball shoe that comes out just to try them. Um, you know, likes to test them out and whatnot. So he told me that they were really good. I said, "Okay, like I don't wear Adidas for basketball. Like they don't fit my feet well. Um, I don't like how they feel." But I put them on, and they were surprisingly super comfortable, and the traction was really good, which is the two things I usually yeah i know when we're when we're i i know you're younger than me but when we're really young you know it didn't really matter what uh what you wore it was it was number one what you could afford and what you could yeah. what you could do and then you know style might have even been second before i think it was before any kind of comfort or performance i mean we were probably playing outside most of the time but even i remember playing high school and junior high school you know teams 
and I don't remember ever thinking about um, traction or performance or anything like yeah. that. But, but uh, so um, I, I, you know, you, you talked about uh, what you're wearing on court. I mean, has that changed? What what your basketball shoes have you? Do you think um, about it more? You take it more serious now, like watch wear testers no, or whatever. No, I actually never watch wear testers or any of those YouTubers that do reviews on basketball shoes. I kind of just go with what feels good for my feet. Um, I have pretty fat, like flat feet, but they're like super wide. So, um, KD's fit really well for me. I've been wearing KD's since probably the KD 11. So KD, actually no, KD 10, KD 10, 11, 12. Um, and then Kobe 8's, uh, Kobe 4's are amazing. Like I couldn't get them in high school and I loved them because I tried them on one time. Uh, so I've been playing in Kobe 4's a lot as well. So they just work for you and you stick with it. That's the same with me, you know, I, yeah. I, those those Kobe nines, I, I wore the lows and the highs, and I really liked them. Uh, I actually twisted my ankles in the lows, so I laid off the lows. <laughs> but uh, you know the uh, who was it? Who was it? John Moran? Did he twist his ankle yeah. this year and he switched to the highs? Yeah. So yeah, John Moran copying me for the not not quite, <laughs> but uh, but uh, and I wear the uh, I like the twenty uh, nines a lot, so I wear those. And then those uh, are unreal. Yeah, and then the um, must be the thirty twos that I tried and they were pretty good I haven't didn't get too much of a chance I guess that was that came out last year probably so I wore those a couple of times but but 29s I kind of have a little stockpile of those that I hope to work through soon um, I wish they made more colorways of that shoe it's crazy that they only made so few yeah and they just kind of dried up on the market I thought you know I was picking them up for at the outlet at the employee store for like a hundred hundred bucks like around half yeah. price and I grabbed a couple and and now I can't even find any and the same with the 28 the 28 was really good too almost the same shoe I think but uh, mm-hmm. but, uh just you can't find it anywhere and it's 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 too bad but uh but uh yeah I do like to try new ones once in a while when when I'm getting on the court twice a week it's it's easy yeah. and, and now it's like just like just get me back out there <laughs> um we talked a little bit about you know, I want to know if uh, get into some of you know your sneaker life and uh, and you know being a parent now has anything sort of changed in terms of your habits since since you know having you know getting serious with your girlfriend moving in and having a kid. You said your daughter's five months old. I mean, I guess things changed before you started thinking about it from a from a living perspective, right? But has has anything else kind of changed or is changing? Do you think? Um, I definitely don't buy sneakers as much as I used to. <laughs> I think that's probably the main thing. Um, I think it was probably in the last year, um, just before I found out she was pregnant, um, I kind of slowed down. I mean, not working in retail helped because I'm not in front of shoes, so I'm not super up to date with what's coming out. I don't see it in front of me every other day. Um, so that, that was kind of a blessing in disguise as well, because then I get to save a little bit more money and think about other things. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and I know it must be, you know, everyone talks about how COVID. It's like you're sitting at home spending money, but with a, with a, I think maybe with the new baby, it's different because <laughs> you don't really probably have hours and hours of just sitting there. Or like my kids, you know, they're maybe watching a movie on an iPad. It gives me time, but you kind of unless they're napping, you're kind of on on call, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually been working this whole time all like throughout COVID because uh, we got deemed as essential workers like right from the start because uh, the project where we were working on before was a hospital and it was supposed to be for uh, for like extended care and they were going to turn it into a facility for COVID. But 
that didn't end up happening because the case the numbers went down. Um, but I mean, like even until now, like we're building low income housing, so we kind of have to keep working. Uh, I mean, I've kind of just been on the go ever since. Yeah, so you're not even home like most people. You're you're out there. No. And coming home tired and you know want to spend time with the your your girlfriend and the baby and get exactly. some rest and, and and try and just do it again right so uh, i guess that's a different perspective i wanted to ask you about what it was like having a child during covid but i guess if you're out all the time and i know vancouver is a little different than toronto we have, we have you guys have different weather and different case numbers and everywhere in the world you know is a little different in terms of how how authorities are doing it but I mean, and you don't know, you didn't have a kid outside of COVID, so you don't know how to compare it, but are there any things that, you know, kind of stand out that, that you um, know, like? It was pretty scary, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, just to think about, like, before she even was born, uh, trying to think of, like, okay, like, who can we let in the house? Who can come near us? Like, where we can go? Like, what the risks are for going out? Um, because, like, my girlfriend being pregnant, like, yeah, like she, you're putting yourself at risk if you go out because then the baby can track it from you while she's still inside you. So, I mean, all that was kind of scary. And then obviously, like, after she was born, still kind of the same deal because cases started to go up again. And it's like, okay, like, who's going to hold her? Who's allowed to hold her? Um, what precautions are we going to take? So, like, right now, everyone aside from the two of us wear a mask to hold her and, like, they have to wash up. Um, not a lot of my friends have actually seen her, only, like, Two, two or three of my closest friends and then obviously like her close friends. Um, but yeah, we haven't really let anyone into the house to like come visit her a whole lot. So trying to keep it a close circle still. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and it must be a little bit of extra stress that you're out, right? I mean, you're, you're out in the real world and then you're coming home. So you want to make sure you're all cleaned up right and stuff like that right yeah i i pretty much like can't touch anything as soon as i come home like i come yeah. home go straight to the bathroom everything off go shower before even like being able to see her or anything which i understand like it obviously like it sucks to not be able to hold her right away but i want to obviously be clean i don't want to touch i don't want to hold her if i'm filthy from work as well right yeah, and it's not such a big inconvenience to be to yeah. be safe. I know, you know, we make my daughter, shower anyways. <laughs> yeah, we make my daughter and son change, and like when we go visit visit my mom, who's seventy five, you know, we don't. He doesn't like go over there after school with all his food. We go on the weekends and we mask mm -hmm. up and we do the things and and uh, but uh, hopefully these uh, you know everyone gets their shots and stuff. But you know, you know, I think I think we you know it's a it's a lesson that. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, we had to learn, but uh, it's not, uh, it always could be worse. You, I also want to ask you about, you guys have a dog, right? Yeah, I actually have uh, two dogs. I have a Jack Russell who's a little bit older, and then I have a Pitbull that's going to be two next month. Because I'm a big dog person, and I always wonder, you know, we had a, we had a dog, an older dog, when, when my first, uh, when my daughter was born, and, uh, you know, you always wonder how the dog feels about a baby and stuff. So I'm wondering how, how the dog's dealt with a new family member. Uh, my Pitbull is kind of a pansy. So he doesn't really, like, do anything crazy. Like, he obviously just wants to sniff her and, like, lick her face. But he's super gentle. Like, the first day we brought her home, um, we kind of held her up to him right away and just told him, like, gentle from the start. And, like, we wouldn't let him sniff her unless he was laying down because he's obviously, like, it's a bigger dog, right? It's a 50 pound Pitbull, so... Uh, and he gets super excited because he's still super puppy. But I mean, even right now, like anytime we go on walks, they're both just staring at each other. Like we go, we went to the park last weekend 
and my girlfriend sat down on the bench and tried to take a picture of all three of them and like she's looking at me holding the camera and both of them were looking at each other <laughs> that's awesome it's kind of cool to see yeah i mean it, you know i think uh you know sometimes you know as with kids getting their noses out of joint when they get a new sibling or something sometimes happens with dogs but i think i think in in the end you know they're inherently protective and loving you know and, and yeah, i think if they grow up with each other as well right absolutely yeah it, it's cool you know we have a younger dog now that's that's uh i think four almost five and uh my, my son grew up with her he, like you know he, he's eight but uh he got to see you know he was almost old enough to start doing taking care when he was four like he could he could feed her when 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 she was a puppy so it's it's really cool to have you know that in the house at least i i, I think so um when, when we're talking babies and and partners um and i know you said you you cut back you, you're cutting back a bit but uh, i think i spotted on your instagram feed some uh sneakers on your daughter <laughs> so have you been yeah. doing a little buy a couple things I've, here and there i've actually always bought baby shoes uh anytime there was 50 day full locker i was buying baby shoes so that's kind of it's it's from back then um, I've always picked up like any pairs that I could find to match mine. Like I would pick them up. So like, I think the earliest pair I can remember that I ever bought was taxi 12s. So I got myself a pair and then I got a baby pair. Cause I actually used to hang it in my car. Not like, obviously like I'm, I'm 19, 20 years old. Like I'm not thinking about a kid, but like, I want to hang like a baby shoe in my car. Cause it looks cool. Um, but now it's like, cool. Like I got a kid now she gets to wear them. Right. So those are like the booties, right? Those are like the, you're not going to walk in, but you have like some older stuff that you stashed away um, too? Like some... I have a couple soft bottoms. So I actually have my girlfriend when we were first going out, um, I guess like she thought it was cool to like get baby shoes. And she's like, hey, like I'm going to wear them or I'm going to buy them for later down the road. And I'm like, me, I'm like, okay, like whatever, do what you want. Um, so she actually ended up buying a pair of Obsidian 12s and a pair of uh, the Suede Flute Game 12s in like, the soft bottoms with the toque. Um, so she has those and, it, and then everything I bought was actually wearable pairs, like the hard bottoms. So, and they're all in different size ranges. Like I've bought them from pretty much size five to like two wide. Okay, so fully prepared, like. <laughs> She's set for a couple of years. She's got like at least 20 pairs, of, 20 pairs of Jordans. I saw you posted the Obsidian, but that was your girlfriend. That wasn't your pair. So she she, yeah. she, has, she has that in her too. Was that something she did before she met you? Was she into sneakers? Uh, nope, not at all. Um, I actually got her into sneakers. When we first started talking uh, was when I started camping out for sneakers. So I, I remember I was camping out for the bread ones in 2013. And there wasn't that many people in line at the Nike store. And I had the opportunity to buy a grade school pair as long as it ended with the end of the men's pair. And I remember texting her at like four in the morning. I'm like, hey, like, do you want one of these? And she's like, no, not really. I don't want to spend. I feel like that's a lot for a pair of shoes because obviously if you're not into Jordans or anything like that, like you're going to think 160 to 200 bucks is a lot for a pair of shoes, right? And so go six months down the road, she sees me wearing them all the time. And she's like, oh, I want one. And then that's when it kind of started. Like she started buying shoes. So like I started getting her Jordans on her birthday, Jordans for Christmas, anniversary. Like, and then that's how it kind of took off. Yeah, I do the same thing. I get I get the sneakers for the wife whenever there's occasion. It's it, it turned it started off as like, oh nice, yeah, cool, as her collection grew, and then it was kind of like it became like a joke, like, oh yeah, there's gonna be another <laughs> pair. Yeah, here's the box, and like everyone laughed, the whole family. And that was kind of like 
don't get me anymore. Like you got to come up with something else. So last birthday, um, she got a pair of sneakers, but I had to do like I had to find something like better than the sneakers. I had to get like I think I got her like a like a like a necklace. Like I had to get her something that she forgot about the sneakers and didn't because she doesn't want me to get them for her anymore. She's at the point. But but so your your girlfriend is I mean, is she does she consider herself like a sneakerhead or just like a like a um, just does she, it for you? She's <laughs> not she's more picky with the shoes that she buys. So she'll only buy like OG colorways of Jordans. Uh she loves her Jordan ones obviously just because they look super good. Um she loves her threes, loves Air Maxes. So um I actually used to get her Air Maxes from East Bay because we used to get a discount from Full Locker. Um so she's got super into Air Maxes and that's pretty much all she wears now because she's more about comfort, especially like having to walk around a lot or like take the baby and the dog on walks when I'm at work. So definitely loves comfort now more than anything. So it sounds like at least in the near term you she's she's supportive you're cool with it uh, your daughter's wearing it you guys are going to be rocking kicks for next next little while and and, yeah. and everyone's cool with that yeah pretty much but i just can't be buying as at the rate that i used to right and the only course. thing really now that i'm okay to buy is kobe's <laughs> yeah then, then i know she won't say anything yeah, I mean, I you know, it's I think uh, everyone, whatever phase in your life, you you get to a point where it's like kind of like you got to prioritize not just you know what you're spending your money on, but even in terms of your sneakers, right? Like, do I really need these anymore? Do, you know, am I gonna wear these if I want these Kobe's? Maybe I could let some of that, something else go. So so she's supportive, and it, it's I get the impression you collect some other things i don't know if it's anything along the line of sneakers i know you, you have a few jerseys is that something you actually collect or you just kind of have some um i wouldn't say collect just kind of just buy them as like i go like i wear them in the summertime a lot uh i got super into mitchell and that shorts the last year or two um pretty much wore those like all summer long um and then there was also a company in the states they were called trill establishment um, they're now collect and select. They'd like rebranded their company, but they were doing like retro, uh, shorts with the zippers and like the super long drawstrings on them. So they were doing them in like the old school jazz colorways, but like pastel versions of them. So like, I actually ended up buying a bunch of those super nice colorways for in the summertime. Cool. I want to hear more about kind of your Kobe collection because, um, because it's, it's obviously, um, you know, a big, a big piece of it. I also curious about a little bit of your Jordans, but I wonder, you know, being a Lakers fan and, and obviously a Kobe fan and, you know, being a dad, becoming a dad last year. I mean, I mean, and having a daughter. Like, yeah. Girl dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I have a daughter too. I'm not a Kobe guy per se, but you know, I love Kobe, you know, show my son you know highlights before he died and we really delved deep into it after but i mean you know what did you want to tell me maybe about what he meant to you before and i'm sure um, it means yeah, the so same to you anyway i mean things don't change if you're a kobe fan it means the yeah, same I mean, or it means I, more right yeah i mean i started watching kobe at a very young age um I grew up in the Philippines. I don't know if you knew that, but so in the Philippines, we don't get basketball games a whole lot. So the only time I would have the opportunity to watch basketball would be on the weekends in the morning because of the time difference. 
So the most televised games would be like Michael Jordan Bulls games when I was probably like five or six years old. So I got to see him at the end of his like Bulls career. And then, uh, and then obviously transitioned to Kobe. So I pretty much used like, I've watched Laker games for as long as I can remember, like since he was a rookie. Right. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I haven't really been asked like what Kobe means to me. Cause I mean, I've watched him obviously like his whole career um, ever since I was little. I feel like I grew up with him um, from the mannerism, like the mentality of being super aggressive with everything. Um, always finding self-motivation within yourself. Um, I mean, and then yeah, being a girl that obviously like, even when we were, even when we were filming like our gender reveal, like all my friends were like, oh, girl, dad, girl, dad. And I'm like, that's when it like really clicked in. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, they obviously see some sort of like similarities with the way I am. I feel like that's like the biggest thing I could take away from it. Yeah. Personally, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, my, my son and I read the uh, uh, wisdom art series, which he was, it's a, it's a book about sort of, uh, um, it's a book about, uh, it's a series of books, I think, actually. We only have one of them, but I think there's a couple more uh, about basketball and fantasy. And these these kids are at a school and they're learning and they have this this coach who's like, who's who's like a wizard and he does all these weird magical things. And, you know, at the beginning of the book, he's, you know, and it's, it's from Kobe created it and he, and he had someone help, help him write it or, or write it. And, um, and you know, we were, we were reading it before he passed and, and we were reading it now. It's quite a long book, but you know, there's definitely some things that since he's gone that come to surface, you know, whether it's watching something on YouTube that someone put together, like, you know, stuff with his daughter and, you know, people who followed him closely, closely, closely knew all these things, but not everyone did that, you know, how serious he took his coaching and, and his academy and all that stuff. So I think it's cool that, you know, people not only are carrying on the tradition of what he did when he was on the court, but what he was trying to do and what he was building, right? I mean, that's that's the special thing. I mean, he built something that all these girls and, and guys, but more importantly, girls are, are, are trying to live, the, live the, the, the dream or the, you know, the mentality that, that he was pushing for his daughter. Yeah, I mean, right? I think his, his empowerment with the WNBA too, I mean, if you, if you saw how much he supported it because of his daughters, right, um, WNBA kind of took off as soon as he started supporting it after his career, which is kind of cool to see because everyone kind of just didn't care about the WNBA per se. And then as soon as you see him started, started rocking like the WNBA or these courtside, and now, and then it all of a sudden blew up and now everyone's wearing them, like people wearing WNBA hats and obviously being more supportive of the women's game. So, I mean, that's kind of cool to see um, how far that's come along. For sure. And, you know, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, you mentioned that um, Kobe was, and I know, you know, for people younger than me, you know, Kobe was the Michael Jordan. He was the next, he was the next guy who was the go-to whether, you know, um, whether you're a Laker fan or not, you had to respect Kobe. He was, he was sort of the model of, of greatness, you know, one, one rings and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I know a lot of people from the Philippines who spent time in the Philippines and I know basketball is huge there, but Kobe's huge there, insane. right? Insane there. I, I think, think like everyone I grew up with was either a Lakers fan or a Celtics fan. 
and like there's because, nothing else. <laughs> was that because of the timing of, because I imagine basketball was in the Philippines for ages. Was it the timing of when basketball sort of NBA went global and Kobe was the face of it? Or was there something else? I don't, I don't know. I think it's more so what, I think it's more so what was available to watch. Cause like, like, like I said, like I didn't really see any other teams play per se. Like most televised games were Laker games when I was growing up. Obviously, like, they'd show a couple other games here and there. I mean, I used to play video games, so, like, I knew a little more, a little more educated on that. But, like, most of the kids I grew up with, like, I didn't grow up in a rich neighborhood. So, anyone that had basic cable, you were watching Laker games or Celtics games because, like, that was what they were showing. Yeah, I guess I guess they, you know, networks are showing the, the, the best teams, the best players, and giving what they want. So, the following of people like Kobe or, or um, you know, the, the, the several late um, – great players that were on the Celtics around that time but um was your time in Philippines did that also you know other than watching did you play did you play a lot there yeah um I actually so I'm I'm born and raised there um I pretty much picked up a basketball when I was like three or four years old so I've played like all my life I played on the school team up until I left and then came here and played uh, in all throughout high school as well yeah, because like I said, I know, you know, basketball is a huge part of the culture there. But, um, you know, I don't know. I didn't know how deep it went for you as a, as a child. You said you played your whole life, I, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I play basketball on the street with no shoes on. Like, you play in whatever is available, like slippers, like tongs, bare feet, if you, if you really have to. Like, I, I remember playing outside on cement, bare feet until seven, eight o'clock at night and then coming in just disgusting and <laughs> just like going to shower and go to bed. And like, I was content with that. I was always an outdoor kid. Like I always played basketball on the streets. Like we had tons of kids on my street and everyone used to play basketball, which is super awesome. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, uh, when I was growing up here, it wasn't basketball. Basketball was not the sport. We were playing road hockey until our parents called us in and we'd come in, <laughs> but it, it was very much the same thing. And now of course my son, you know, We'll play road hockey. We'll we'll go out on skates, but he he would much rather play basketball. As soon as the snow is melted in the winter, and if he's not freezing his hands, he wants to play hoops. And you look around the neighborhood, there's a couple of hockey nets, but there's hoops everywhere. It's really changing. You know, you took it back to the Vince Carter. He really that era in the Raptors really really took off. And, yeah, and I feel and, like I feel like even in Canada, sorry to cut you off. I feel like even in Canada, like I feel like it's changed from when I first moved here in 2005 where I used to see kids playing hockey on the street all the time like I ended up like obviously learning what the game was but in the last 10 or so years I feel like basketball has just taken over and I don't know if it's because of equipment costs for hockey and like parents not being able to afford their putting their kids in hockey programs because like I mean if you think about it basketball like you just need a pair of shoes right and then maybe a registration fee for a camp so I feel like basketball is definitely taken over in Canada and it's it's cool to see, um, but I feel like kids need to be a little more cultured playing more sports. I agree, and, and I think what's happened, because, you know, my, my son's of sport playing age, and, and I have friends whose kids play uh, competitive basketball and competitive hockey. I think you're right about the, the costs, um, but it also, as, you know, naturally evolving, and I think it's happening with basketball now, but it happened with hockey um, in the last maybe 15 years or so. Um, just got really very competitive and 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 you know when I was a kid I played competitive hockey uh, I never played at, at, at the highest level 
but um, I know what it was like then to be competitive. And it was, you know, practice for one team and then practice for another team, your rep team, and then you'd have a game for your house league or your regular team, and then you'd have two games. So you'd be out, you know, most of those days, you'd maybe double up. You'd be out maybe five days a week. Now, it's like every night, it's like dry land training in the summer is not optional anymore. It's not, it's none of the, there's no more optional stuff. You, you go all or you go nothing if you want to be serious and you want to be rep. And I think that's happening a little bit with basketball now. And unfortunately, you know, everything's yeah. on hold now, but, but basketball's gotten to that level. So I think, I think, you know, it's good to have competitive options, but you know, as a parent, I, I just want my kids to, uh, to have fun and be healthy and get out there. And I'm a super competitive guy. When I got, when I was a kid, actually, I got in trouble because I was so competitive and I'd be on the bench in hockey and I'd be crazy enough to get in trouble with my coach and, and tell him I should be on the ice when I wasn't and like got in trouble and got benched. And, and, and I remember, I remember I took my son when he was probably four or five to, to skating lessons. It was his first time. And he was lying on the ice like a lot of kids doing the snow, snow, uh, snow angels <laughs> on the ice. And I was just like, it bothered me. I was like, this isn't my kid. My kid should be skating, <laughs> skating circles. He was having fun. And I actually, you know, they have the door open because kids are going on and off crying or whatever. And I actually stepped on the ice as crazy as it sounds. Like a non-parent might not think it's that crazy, but anyone who's ever been to one of these things you're not supposed to go on the ice <laughs> like it's like you stand back and you watch and if there's an emergency you're there I stepped on the ice and then the the 16 year old teacher looked at me like what are you doing like your, kid, <laughs> your kid's not injured like you're getting involved with this and at that moment I was like okay that's it I gotta step back so I like went and sat down in the back and, and, and I didn't, I kind of like don't want my son to be a competitive <laughs> hockey player because he has it in him. I could see it. I could yeah. see it. And he has it in basketball too. So it's like kind of like, you know, I don't want to ever coach him. I don't want to, you know, I just let it happen. And uh, <laughs> it's a weird feeling to, to have to hold yourself back. But, you know, when I see my friends and stuff and kids play competitive, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, I and mean, you have to be committed too, right? You got to be willing to drive across the town and like, it's crazy. Do you feel like kids are getting burnt out now with how much they have to practice and play games and like all these different leagues? Because like, I think it's insane how much they, they're kind of just consumed, like it's their whole life now if they're in it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like that back when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was two teams, you know, two practices and three games. So it was kind of like come home, do the homework or do the homework in the car. It wasn't like skip the homework. It was like, do it if you want to play. I remember... Uh, I remember that, um, but you know, as long as their parents aren't pushing them when they're burnt out, I think it's fine because kids have energy. Um, but I think there's a lot more, and, I, and you know, I, I hope COVID pulls everyone back a little bit because I think there was a there's, there's a large percentage of the population um, who just want their kids in everything, and and even before COVID, we kind of pulled back because you know our kids were in dance and they were in skating and they were in swimming and they were. And our kids said they didn't want to do dance anymore. And it was like, kind of like, I was like, oh, wow, I really want my son to be a break dancer. And like, you know what? He can dance at home. He, he, wants to, he wants to play hoops. That can be his thing for now. And when, when he does something else, and, you know, now that they're home, 
they're doing virtual music lessons. I think it's healthy. They don't, you know, they're not big at practicing, but I think maybe people are realizing that sometimes less is more, but I think we were going down that road before COVID that, that burnout that you're talking about, not just in sports, yeah. but just have kids doing too much. And, and I mean, every kid's different what they can handle. Um, but, uh, you know, my kids were old enough to tell me that like, kind of like, and, Oh, actually my son, he said, he said, um, Dad, you know what? Can I have my weekends free? Because you know most parents put everything on the weekend. They'll have like dance, and then they'll have swimming, and then they'll have like tutoring. And, yeah, because you don't want to do it on a weekday. And my son said, "You know, don't book me for anything on the weekend. <laughs> I'll do something after school. You know, I'll do music after school. I'll do skating or basketball after school. I just want my weekends free. And you know, that's the kind of thing with COVID. He may not be able to play with all his friends. He may not be able to have them out. But he's getting to that age, like when we would go play in the street." You know, and I love that, you know, just, I said, go call on your friend. He's like, call on your friend. I was like, that's what he used to say, call on. He's like, you mean knock on his door or text his mom or yeah, just whatever you want, just go. And now he's old enough. He just goes. And that's, that was the best part of childhood, right? Like you're talking about just being out on the street. Yeah, getting it's actually kind of cool to see like kids going back out on the street because of COVID. Cause like, it's kind of weird. Like you're not allowed to go, but now, now's the time when kids actually want to go out and play. But before that, everyone's cooped up in their house playing video games all day and all night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's changed, right? I mean, last March, it was kind of like everyone was locked up and you couldn't go anywhere. You know, I remember we wouldn't even go to my parents' house and like see them from another side of the door. We wouldn't, they wouldn't go on their porch and we stand 100 meters or whatever, 50 meters away on the street. We wouldn't do that. We were so scared of doing that. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, if you're going to go see someone just, and you're worried, stay back or uh, and now he you know he has a small group of friends they mask up i don't want them playing too much contact basketball they do anyway i mean they do what they do but the chappies out there you know i you know they go on bike rides and they do whatever now that it's getting warm and you know covid aside i just want him to you know be a kid and not feel pressured to to do this i mean i think there's enough pressure at school now to you know I think it's more serious than we when we were kids. There's more homework and all that stuff. So I just wanted to, you know, not not have any added stress. They have enough to worry about with COVID, especially. Have they uh, lifted any restrictions over there for you guys? Yeah. So now um, we're just in. I'm not going to say what zone or I I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but uh, there uh, you know there's there's limited dining in some areas. I, I don't know if it's the same in every every region. That's new for you guys. Yeah, that's new for us. I, it was mostly outside the city up until that's why he was able to play hoops because it was just outside the city limits in in Vaughan, uh, which is out, just outside of Toronto, but we lived near the border, so he was allowed to play hoops. But there was nothing in the city, and now I think in the city you can start to do that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I might be. Um, you know, I just we would just kind of stay in our our own lane. I you know I. Uh, we all had it. My wife's a healthcare worker. My daughter has health issues. So we kind of just do what we think is best for us anyway. And it's, it's more on the cautious side, but, uh, you know, um, you know, try and, you know, when, when things get loose enough, you got to kind of go with the flow, right? I mean, if, if you're allowed to do something, you got, I, I trust the authorities. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly, uh, hope this summer is, uh, Hope the summer is the end of it. Let's talk some more about kicks. Um, 
I want to know, you talked about a little bit about your, your Kobe collection. What are some of the, yeah. like the ones that m m mean the most for you? We'll start with Kobe's because we were talking about Kobe's and maybe we'll go, go to Jordan's and some others. Are there uh, some, you know, you mentioned like the Grinches. I have to imagine that's, I, I know that's what everyone always talks about. Is, is that fair? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say those, um, Fates of Black 11s, just because his last game. I uh, picked, I actually have two pairs of those. Um, I have the Prelude ones, which are unreal, like quality-wise, material used on them, like they're insane. Um, I got two pairs of those as well, and then most of the, my most of my other Kobe's are pretty much hooped in. Like I got, I got a bunch of Kobe eights that are hooped in. What the Kobe eights? Um, what else? I'm trying to think. I've so far got every single Pro Tro Kobe five that's come out in the last year. Uh, a couple Kobe fours, so. Undefeated Lakers are probably one of my favorite ones. Um, I was actually lucky enough to get the Bucks colorway online when they dropped. And then I like, I didn't even want the Bucks colorway. It was like the only one I could even add to cart. Um, I had a friend who knew him, a huge Lakers fan, huge Kobe fan. He ended up getting my size and he was like, okay, like, I know how much you want these. He's like, I'll sell them to you for retail. And they were already like four or 500 bucks at the time. So like, I was super appreciative of that. So that pair means a lot to me. What do you think? What do you think of the uh, the pro tros in general in terms of you know like quality, but also for hooping? Um, pro tro fours probably a little bit nicer to hoop in. Um, I I just like to feel the fours a lot more. The fives are super narrow, and they don't make them the same as they did before. There's definitely not the same tech. Like I know technology's advanced, but if anything, they feel worse than they did back then. For those ones specifically, or yeah, something about them they 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 feel stiff, like they're not as flexible. I, like I had Kobe fives in grade eleven, and that was like my senior, like grade eleven and senior year ball shoe, and like I remember them being super flexible, super comfortable. Like you could feel the zoom, and like you can't really feel them with these. I feel. You think they're gonna keep going with the pro tros, go all the way up to like the nines, tens, and elevens? I, I feel like they're not going to go all the way up to like 10, 11, just because those silhouettes didn't really do well. I'd actually love to see them bring back like the, like Kobe one, Kobe two and Kobe three a little more. Um, I know fours, they brought back maybe like two or three colorways. Like I was hoping for way more. I think they brought out the, so the draft days, like the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets colorway. Yeah, and then they so did nice. the undefeated ones. Yeah. I remember those sitting on shelf too and no one wanted them. Now everyone's going after them. Yeah. You know, the, um, the pro chose a couple of them I grabbed and uh, there's definitely more I, I would have, but um, the, um, yeah, I, I wonder how much demand there would be, especially with, with hoops, but I guess, I guess hoops will be back and, and people, people will, will be able to rock Kobe's. I mean, it's tough to not, you know, I, I wear Kobe's anyway, but even if you didn't, it's, it's hard to, if you can get your hand on a pair to try not to, not they're, to try they're tough them to get your hands on. So yeah. hard to get your hands on. Like I remember, when the Lakers and the big stage colorway was coming out, um, I had just left Nike and I was trying to get them like signing up at every raffle. And like, I thought I would get, I was going to get hooked up because like people obviously knew I love Kobe's um, really wanted Lakers pair. Couldn't get them. That's actually the one I ended up paying for so long just because I really wanted them. Um, but I got, I was lucky enough for an employee at Nike to give me a staff pair for the big stage. And then everything else after that, um, I've gotten lucky with leftover pairs at Full Locker um, after the reservations. Like, people just don't pick them up, I guess. Um, got lucky with that. I actually recently got lucky during All-Star Weekend. 
Uh, Full Locker was doing a giveaway on Twitter, and I got the All-Star Game Kobe 6s, so those are coming in a couple weeks. They were only giving away three pairs, and I managed to answer the question fast enough. Did you have it in your head, or did you have to look it up? Oh, yeah. The, it was like um, it was funny because they actually dropped the they dropped the All-Star 11s, the one from Toronto. So they, they, they did a giveaway of those, but they worded the question wrong. I was actually one of the first people that responded to the tweet that had the question right, but they worded it wrong, so they deleted it and redid the tweet, and it was too late by then. So then I said, okay, like, I'm trying for the Kobe 6s. And the Kobe 6 question was, when Kobe scored 81 points, how many points did he score in the second half? And how did he score his last or his 81st point? Right away, I just typed him like 55 free throw said, and I was like the first person to reply. And so I woke up the next morning uh, for work and I saw my phone and it's like message from Full Locker. I'm like, what? It's so opened my Twitter DM and it's like, congrats, you won the Full Locker home giveaway for Kobe Sixes. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I did not think I was going to get these. And it's crazy. Like, I panicked because like, they sent you a link. And it's supposed to be like enter all your like enter your email address uh, and your like info, I guess, so they can contact you. So they send you a link. I enter the link and it says there's one pair available because I guess they send it to only three winners, right? Click the link, enter my information, hit submit. It says invalid. I was like, what? I'm like, the pair's gone. So right away, I panic. I message like the district manager of Full Locker here. I'm like, hey, help me out. Message someone at head office. I'm like, hey, is there anything you can do? I'm like, don't screw me out of these, please. Because I knew that because I knew they weren't gonna drop in Canada. Because like there was no there was no info being dropped for Full Locker for Nike or anyone, right? And like it was kind of a quiet release. So I'm like right away, panic mode. I'm like, don't screw me out of these, please. I want these. I want these. Uh, but it ended up working out. Um, I sent them like all my information. They emailed me back and they're like, yeah, we'll have to bear your hands in like four to six weeks. I'm like, sick. Nice. I, w- I was following along with that, but I wasn't obviously on, I was on top of it as you were. And I didn't, I, I saw people responding and I guess the way Twitter works, you can't see who was first. So I, I didn't see that it was you. I would have, I would have definitely noticed. So congrats. That's, that's good. It definitely pays off to be uh to be knowledgeable in that case and uh, obviously that no was, hesitation <laughs> <laughs> obviously that was a uh that was a historic game what about um other sneakers i mean you talked about jays uh, are there other ones that really really are, are really you know meaningful to you or that you just really like um i mean my favorite jordan would probably be jordan 12 um, I know it's kind of unusual. Most people say ones, threes, or elevens, or fours even. Um, my reason for that is like that's what I remember seeing Jordan playing, and it's crazy to think because I was maybe like four or five years old and like wasn't really into Jordans, wasn't into shoes, didn't even know what it was. But I have somewhat like a photographic memory, so like I guess I just remember seeing them when I was little. And so when I was first getting into shoes was when they retro the taxis. And I was like, hey, I remember those from when I was little. I got to get those. Like, so I camped out for them. And those, those are easily my favorite pair. Um, aside from that, probably say Jordan 1s. Um, just like the look of them. They're comfortable for me. Like, I wear them in the gym. Like, I'm kind of crazy. People look at me nuts. Like, <laughs> I do legs in Jordan 1s just because they're flat shoes. They're comfortable. Like, I don't really like doing legs in anything else. Um, what else? Jordan threes I got a lot of. Um, just like the comfort of the of the shoe as well and the look of them. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny you mentioned twelves because I think you just recently or relatively recently post those obsidians that your girlfriend got for your daughter. Yeah. So it's cool that uh, she's got a couple pairs of your 
your favorite silhouette, and I'm sure you probably have a few more twelves in the stash. Yeah, she's got she's got she's got four pairs of twelves, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> she's got taxis, obsidians, flu games, and then she's got those uh, Valentine's ones, like the white and pink ones. Very cool. So yeah, pretty stoked. Get to work. <laughs> we get to match a couple pairs when she's older. Very cool. Well, I'll be waiting to uh, waiting look for your sneaker dad's tags when the time comes. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, thank you for doing this, Dinesh. It was really cool to get, you know get to know you better, and I appreciate you coming on and telling some stories and and uh, sharing, you know, your passion and, and some things that are going on with you personally in terms of, you know, your family and, and things like that. It was, it was cool to connect. And, uh, you know, I, I think our, our listeners will really appreciate hearing, uh, hearing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I mean, it's nice to also put a face to someone I'm talking to on Instagram, I guess, that's thousands of miles away. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we'll keep in touch for sure. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Always, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again this week. You can find Dinesh at D-C-H-A-T-L-A-N-I on Instagram. Of course, you can find me at Ready or John Ratner on Twitter. And Sneaker Dads is on Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more. Take care.